This episode of Never Not Knitting is brought to you by Sandra Singh Online Yarn Shop. Visit the shop online at www.sandrasingh.com. Hi, this is Alana, and you're listening to the Never Not Knitting Podcast. Hello, and thank you for joining me back for episode 44. I'd like to first start off this episode by announcing the winner of last episode's drawing giveaway. Everyone who entered had a chance to win a beautiful handmade rose knits knitting bag, 1300 yards of gorgeous lace weight yarn, and a free sweater pattern designed by Melissa Worley. I picked out one commenter at random using the online random number generator and I'm happy to announce that the winner is Cheryl from Des Moines, Iowa. Congratulations, Cheryl. I really hope you enjoy your prize. And when you hear this, please email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com and I'll get your mailing address and get this prize sent out to you right away. Thank you to everyone who participated in the drawing. I'll have a new drawing giveaway to announce at the end of this episode. So now for a knitting update. Since I last recorded, I've been working on lots of fun new design projects that I can tell you absolutely nothing about. I'm sorry. That's one of those things about designing. When you work on anything that's to be published anywhere, you're not allowed to say anything about it or share any pictures or anything. It's supposed to be a secret. And when you're self-publishing, Well, of course I can talk about my designs, since I'm the one publishing them, but I don't really like to until they're almost done or I'm sure that I will actually be releasing that pattern. So unfortunately, that does leave me with very little to say about my knitting at the moment. So boring, I know. I apologize. What I can tell you, though, is that I've been really focusing on pattern design lately, and really pushing hard to get more patterns self-published. And there is a reason for this. I'm very excited to tell you that next February, I'll be a vendor at Stitches West in Santa Clara, California. I'll be sharing a booth with Lisa Sanchez from Becoming Art, and I'll be sure to tell you my booth number when we get the information. As I'm sure you can understand, I'm really trying to add to my pattern line before the event, so that I'll have more to show at the booth. It's going to be really fun, and I'm super excited about it. I've never done an event like this before, at all. I think the last event I did was a local craft show where about 20 people came. So this is just a really new experience for me, and it's really super exciting, and it's also a great incentive for me to push myself a little bit harder right now as a designer. So in anticipation for the Stitches event, I just finished my first design out of a Becoming Art yarn. And I'm happy to say that my Autumn Vines beret pattern that I mentioned to you last time is now done. It's just getting the final touches, and I'm hoping that it'll be able to release right around the time that this podcast airs. I really tried to keep the knitter in mind when determining the layout for this pattern. As I mentioned previously in episode 43, 
This beret has an intricate all-over cable and leaf design. So in the pattern, I've included both a chart and written instructions. If you end up purchasing the printed copy of this pattern from your local yarn shop, you'll find that both the chart and written instructions are on the inside pages with all of the definitions you'll need. That way, when you're working on it, you can just open the pattern and lay it out in front of you and have everything you need right there without having to turn pages back and forth all of the time. For myself as a knitter, I can't really decide about charts. Of course I use them, and I definitely see their practicality, but when I'm working from a pattern that offers both charted and written instructions, I like to first start out with the written, get a feel for the pattern, and then move on to the chart when I get used to all of the stitches and symbols. So since I personally enjoy using both, I included both instruction methods in the pattern so that everyone would have the option to use what works easiest for them in their style of knitting. The Autumn Vines Beret is a more advanced pattern, but I tried to make it as easy as possible to follow, and I really hope that you enjoy knitting it. All of the pictures and the rest of the pattern information will be available very shortly. I'm hoping that it'll already be up on my blog by the time you hear this episode. As you already know, I designed this new hat with one skein of the Coming Arts Yellow Sport yarn. And if you like this yarn as much as I do, you'll be glad to know that Lisa from Becoming Art Yarns will be offering Autumn Vine Beret pattern kits on her website. And the kits are now available for pre-order. Becoming Art is one of my favorite yarn lines and it just knitted up so beautifully in this pattern. And to top it all off, Lisa has come out with these new stunning autumn colorways for her yarns. I love each and every one of them, and I think that they would all look really beautiful in this hat, especially for the current season. So please visit her site and see what she has to offer. I'll be linking to the kits in this episode's show notes. I'm excited to announce that I have a new interview to share with you on the podcast today. Recently, I had the opportunity to speak with Julie Turgenin, the author of the knitting book that everyone is talking about, Brave New Knits. If you follow knitting blogs, then undoubtedly you have already heard of this book. It has been so popular that it has even made it into Amazon's list of the best books of 2010 in the top 10 craft books category. But what makes this book so special? Well, you'll just have to listen to my interview with Julie to find out. Thanks for taking the time out to join me on the podcast today. Hi, Alana. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Well, I have your brand new book in front of me, Brave New Knits, and I'm just so excited to have this opportunity to talk to you about it and also to share it with our podcast listeners. So first I wanted to talk to you a little bit about your knitting background and find out okay. a little, yeah, find out a little bit more about you and talk about your inspiration behind the book. So could you tell us a little bit about how you first discovered knitting and how you just sure. Okay. And how you discovered yeah, the I, online community as well? Okay. Mm-hmm. Sure, I'd be happy to. Okay. Um, I was not one of these lucky seven-year-old children who had a grandmother teach her how to knit or, or a mom. Me I neither. I didn't learn. Oh, okay, good. Well, I'm, I know I'm not alone there, but yeah. I read so many stories about people who learned as children 
And, you know, I think you get a little bit of a muscle memory in terms of being able to remember how to do those things, even if you put it aside for many years. But in my case, I came to knitting in my early 20s when I really wanted a new hobby. Mm -hmm. And uh, I used to do pottery and bending over a potter's wheel for many years took a toll. And my hands were always full of clay uh, stuck under the nails and everything. So I wanted a hobby a little cleaner, more portable, and less taxing. Mm -hmm. So um, knitting sounded good. And when I walked past a yarn shop and saw some absolutely luscious hand-dyed yarn, and this was many years ago when there wasn't a lot of luscious hand-dyed yarn out there, Mm -hmm. Um, I walked into the shop and told the owner that if she would teach me how to knit, I would buy enough of that yarn to make a project. So she got me started on the basics, long tail cast on, knitting and purling, and I just kind of took off from there. Mm -hmm. My first project was a V-neck vest, and I wore it for years. It kind of disintegrated after a while. (laughs) So, But anyway, I, I have knit on and off for well over 20 years and seriously for the last eight years mm-hmm. and um, discovered the online community for knitters when I started looking to the internet as an educational resource and that's how I found knitting blogs mm-hmm. and once I started reading blogs I realized that the ones which really held my interest were those written by designers and designers who were willing to share their creative process and their design philosophy and even their failed experiments on mm-hmm. knitting projects. Those all really captivated me and kind of led me to develop the concept for Brave New Knits because I couldn't believe that nobody had pulled all of this incredible talent together into book form. Mm-hmm. I think as much as knitters have really benefited from the Internet, We all really do love our paper books. We love to look through the pictures, kind of cross-reference and compare patterns when we're ready to take on a new project. And I really felt that there would be a place for a book that put together some of the talent from the knitting blogosphere and introduced some of the newer blogging designers to the larger knitting public. Right. And I was just thinking also that there's so many knitters that aren't on the internet. I mean, with with Ravelry, you think, oh, well, everybody's on Ravelry, but there are so many that aren't. So this is kind of cool also to introduce all of these amazing designers and patterns to people that aren't even familiar with our online community, and maybe we can get them to join us, too. So that's also well, that's cool. Well, that's very, very true. Um, just last week, I did a signing at a yarn shop in Oregon, and the owner has really steadfastly avoided using Ravelry or any other part of the internet <laughs> for her knitting shop, which I couldn't believe. Yeah, <laughs> she, she just And she has a beautiful shop. It is packed to the rafters with gorgeous yarns. And she was smart. She hired a couple of younger women. One is a high school senior. The other one just got out of college. And they are, of course, very well-versed in the benefits of the Internet for the knitting community. And they've kind of introduced her to a lot of its benefits, including my book. Mm -hmm. And so that was how she heard about it. And, you know, she may still choose not to use the Internet as a a resource for her customers, Mm -hmm. but she definitely knows it's out there. The signing was well-attended, sold a lot of books. 
Good. And people, yeah, people were just really excited to learn about new designers and to see all the projects in person. And so even people who choose not to engage in the Internet as a resource for knitters can, can benefit from it nonetheless. Yes, definitely. So let's talk a little bit about your book. Do you mind ex um, okay. telling the listeners a little bit about what's, what's involved and what, what's it all about? Well, the book is really twofold. Mm -hmm. It has 26 gorgeous exclusive patterns that were designed for the book by the different designer bloggers. Mm -hmm. And in addition to those patterns, there is an interview with each of the designers. And it's not just a one-paragraph blurb at the end of the pattern that explains, you know, who's this designer. It's really a two-page interview that goes into so much more about their background in knitting and what their, what their inspirations are as a designer, what makes them excited about a new design, what's their philosophy, how do they create... How does Ravelry and the Internet figure into their lives? A lot of the book kind of comes across as a love letter to Ravelry, I have mm -hmm. to say, because yeah. obviously all of the designers featured in the book use it and mm -hmm. go on it every day and join the forums. And many of them have their own fan groups from people who love their patterns. Um, mm -hmm. But it's, so it's a very personality-driven book. It's not your typical knitting book at all. It's mm -hmm. not a how-to book. It definitely assumes a certain level of knowledge on the part of the knitter, mm -hmm. although I would say that there are several patterns in the book that an adventurous beginner could certainly make successfully. Definitely. And there are also a lot of intermediate patterns and a couple that really demand more experience. Right. Um, so that's really the format. And it's also divided into two parts, the first of which is garments, and the second is accessories. Mm -hmm. And the book is pretty evenly divided between sweaters and all kinds of accessories. There are three pairs of socks. There are three hats. There are a couple of great pairs of mitts. There's a beautiful throw blanket that's knit in triangles and then seamed together. And I've actually had people tell me they were going to knit one of those triangles and wear it as a shawl. There you and go. Then there, yeah, there are a couple of scarf projects and a beautiful shawlette. Um, some lace, some cables. There's a little bit of everything because the projects really reflect the design identities of the designers who created them. Right. Well, I I know that when I was looking through your book, I just immediately fell in love because I'm so involved with the online knitting community, and to have a book where all of my favorite designers and bloggers are all in one place was just extremely exciting and I, I found that the interview portion to be really, really interesting. So I really enjoyed it myself. Well, but, that's great. And I've had oh, people have told me they took it to bed and read the interviews as if it was a novel. Yeah. So I, I could that see was that. great. Yeah, I thought that was really wonderful Most definitely. to hear because I kind of hoped people would respond to it that way. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, it was really a thrill for me that Jared Flood from Brooklyn Tweed agreed to do all of the book's photography. Yes, yeah, that's so really neat. That, yeah, it was wonderful to work with him. He is a great person, so professional, so easy to work with, and just a pleasure from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. And then it was also great to meet Jess and Casey from Ravelry when I was lucky enough to go to Boston and talk to some of the designers there. And Jess agreed to write the book's forward. Mm 
and kind of explain the genesis of Ravelry, which I thought would really interest people too, because of course that's our go-to resource now. Yes, yes, for sure. I thought that those things made the book just even more special, and I, yeah, that was really amazing that you got to work with those people. And another thing I wanted to talk about too with the book is you have so many talented designers that contributed patterns and that you interviewed. Do you mind sharing some of the names of some of the people that contributed to the book and some of the things Not that they, the, the, no, some of the patterns I'd be that they happy wrote? To. Okay. Yeah. Um, I talked with Nora Gone, who has been in the knitting industry forever and is a brilliant designer. Um, and she did a great hat project for the book that's that's very cute. There are a couple of different ways you can wear it. You can pull it down kind of like a beanie, and you can also lift it up at the top and have it be a little more slouchy. Mm -hmm. um, let's see. Stephanie Jappel did a wonderful cabled short sleeve top that's knit from the top down, which is her favorite method. Mm -hmm. Wendy Bernard did an adorable tam and mitts. Clara Parks did a pair of mitts. Um, we've got some great sweater projects from... Jen Hagen, whose company is Fignit, she lives in the Pacific Northwest and has been published all over the place, as well as having her own two pattern lines, not just one, but two, that are carried in, I think, something like 400 yarn shops around the United States. Wow. Um, I also was really lucky to talk to a couple of international designers. Um, Teresa Gregorio's Milk Maiden Pullover is a very feminine, kind of sexy pullover that that she was inspired to design. She has a background in art history and museum work, and it was a 17th century painting that inspired her design. Um, a lot of people are making that one. And then um, I talked with Mari Muinanen, who is a Finnish designer, and we did a Skype interview. She did a fabulous cabled cardigan that's got one of her sort of trademark big exploding cables going up the back of it. Mm -hmm. And um, who else? Oh, internationally, well, how can I leave out Isolde Teague, who did right. a beautiful shawlette called The Orchid Thief mm -hmm. that has that's been beautiful. really popular on Ravelry. I think it's been favorited over 700 times now, and a lot of people have already knit that up. Mm -hmm. And, of course, a lot of people have knit up Jared Flood's scarf pattern, which is a beautiful, I mean, with his usual elegant simplicity, a garter stitch center and then a very simple lace knitted on border mm -hmm. that's really effective in kind of a rustic fingering weight yarn. Right. Um, so, so there's just a real gamut of designers in there. Anne Hansen, who is well known for her lace knitting, did a very pretty neck warmer. Um, Sean Riley is a Boston designer who did a great pair of socks that a lot of people are telling me they want to make. Chrissy Gardner is another well-known sock designer who has a pattern in the book. Kirsten Kapoor did a great sock design. So there's really a great range of projects for people. Yes, I agree. Um, so tell us a little bit about how you matched the pattern with the designer. How did, how did you... I remember you telling me a little bit about that before. Do you know what I'm referring to? <laughs> How you had um, the designer design something that fit their... Yes, specific. with their personalities. Mm -hmm. I, I knew this was going to be a very personality-driven book mm -hmm. because each designer is unique and has their own take on what they want their knitting design careers to be. 
So I told each designer that, you know, I, I did ask a few specifically if they would knit garments, and some of them just volunteered to knit garments, which I was delighted with. And other people, I mean, let's take Chrissy Gardner, for example. She's kind of got a reputation for being a great sock designer. So I said, you know, if you would design socks for the book, that would capitalize on your reputation, and it would be wonderful. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the designers were nice enough to offer me two or three different options. They would send me sketches and scan in photos of swatches so I could look at the stitch patterns they were interested in using. And that really helped me put together a great range of pattern design. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I didn't want to come down too heavy on the lace or too heavy on the cables. And being able to choose from the options that designers offered me allowed me to have that great range but still take their preferences into consideration. Yeah. And I really wanted to do that, too. I wanted to make it a fun book for them to participate in. Right, right. Well, I noticed when I was looking at it, it was so neat because if you're familiar with these designers, you can almost see the garment and say, oh, that's knit by so-and-so. You can yeah. recognize the designer in the garment, which is really I definitely fun. think that's true for, for a lot of them. Uh-huh. Um, and I thought that was, that was a really good thing um, because I just wanted the designer's whole character to come out between the patterns and the interviews. And I I think for the most part, it was successful doing that. Yeah. I think that this is the first book that I've seen that marries biographies and a pattern book together. It's really a unique publication. I'm very proud of it. I'm very happy with it. And I was delighted to hear from my editor just last week to tell me that they're launching a second printing already. Wow, that's Um, great. And it's only been out about eight weeks. So it's great to know that a lot of other people really like the concept as well. Oh, yeah. I can tell. I'm hearing about it all over the place, all over the Internet. Everyone's talking about this book. So you can see how popular it is. Yeah. Well, that's That's great. great. Well, I'm glad that it's gone so well. And it's it's really just a remarkable book. And I just wish you the best with it. um, Thank you so much. Yeah, of course. I wanted to ask you, are, do you have any future projects that you're working on in, in publishing or design? I know you do some designing of your own. Do you have anything you're working I, on that you'd like to share? I do. I'm getting ready to release a new design for a rectangular stole that comes in two sizes, and I'm including a bonus scarf pattern with it. Um, so that will be out pretty soon. Okay. And then I'm doing a couple of secret projects that... Um, Hopefully, we'll be going into magazines, and then I have another book project in the works that I can't talk about. Okay. Well, that's very exciting. But I'm excited about that, too. Yeah, no doubt. Well, then we have a lot of fun things to look forward to in the future. So, can you share your contact information? I know you're on Ravelry, and uh, do you have a website you'd like to share? I do. My my website is www.julieturgeman.com, and I have one of those last names that people seem to be able to either say or spell, but not both. So it's P is in Thomas, U-R-J-O-M-A-N. Okay. And on Ravelry, I'm Julie Bean, which was a childhood nickname that I've never been able to shake, and so what the heck. I figured I would just put it up there. Embrace it. <laughs> yeah, I embraced it. Okay. So, yeah, okay. it's pretty easy to find me on the web at this point. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Julie. I It's been a pleasure talking to you, and I'm, and I'm really excited about your book, and I'm just so glad that 
we had this opportunity to share it with the listeners, and, and I've loved learning more about it. So thank you very much Thanks for being a lot, today. Alana. I appreciate it. Take care. Okay. Thank you again to Julie for taking out the time to be part of the podcast. You'll be able to find a copy either at your local yarn shop or bookstore or online at Amazon.com. I'll be posting a link to the book in the show notes. I have really enjoyed my copy so far, and if I ever get the opportunity to ever make something for myself again, I am definitely going to look in this book. There are many patterns that I would love to knit. Also, Julie's publisher has kindly donated a brand new copy of Brave New Knits for me to give away to one of you in this episode's drawing giveaway. But that is not all. There will also be some yarn going into this prize. In flipping through this book, one of the patterns that really stood out to me was the Orchid Thief Chalette pattern by Yasolda Teague. Of course, I've always been a huge Yasolda fan, but the delicate detailing of this chalette paired with the knitted leaves, and you know how I feel about knitted leaves, it just really spoke to me. This chalette is also made from only one skein of a yarn that we all well know and love. Malabrigo sock yarn. And really, who doesn't like Malabrigo sock yarn? Or any Malabrigo yarn for that matter? It's so soft and wonderful, it isn't exactly hard to figure out why more and more designers are choosing this yarn to work with. In fact, this is the second time that Ysolda has designed a chalette out of this very yarn and colorway. So, obviously, she is a Malabrigo fan, too. I think that the Malabrigo sock yarn is especially suited for fingering weight shawls and garments because it's so soft and nice against the skin. My sister-in-law has recently knit a shawlette and a scarf out of Malabrigo sock yarn, and it is making me very jealous. So this episode's sponsor, Sanderson Yarns, has kindly provided a skein of Malabrigo sock yarn in the eggplant colorway to this episode's drawing prize to go along with the book. And this is the exact yarn and colorway that Yasolda uses for her Orchid Thief chalette. So now the winner will have the opportunity to knit one of these chalettes of their very own or any of the other gorgeous knitting patterns in the book that call for sock yarn. And there are many. Additionally, Sandra has kindly offered a special discount of 10% off her entire selection of needles, yarns, and magazines until December 15th, just for the Never Not Knitting listeners and blog readers. To receive the discount, just enter in the special coupon code NNK01 in the checkout process. Sandrasing.com of course has a great selection of Malabrigo, but also offers other great yarn lines, such as Madeline Tosh, Lorna's Laces, Dream and Color, Pigeon Roof Studios, and even her own luxury line of yarn under her own name of Sandra Singh. I was also really excited to find Anzula yarn available through her site. This is a yarn line that I've known about for some time, but became very interested in when I saw it in person this last February, at the Stitches West convention. 
These hand-dyed yarns are insanely soft and just come in the most beautiful semi-solid colors. I have a skein of the Cloud Anzula yarn in my stash, and that is being saved for a very special project. If I ever find a pattern worthy of it, that is. I haven't seen Anzula available for sale in many places, so I was very happy to find it here at Sandra Singh. So I hope you'll enjoy your special discount and pay this shop a visit. There are some amazing products available and I'm sure you'll find something that you like there. But I feel like I do need to mention that this yarn shop has a very unique spelling. So I do want to spell it out for you to make sure that you are going to the right place. It's www.sandrasingh.com. S-I-N-G-H dot com. And of course, if you forget that, don't worry, since I'll be posting a link to the shop in the show notes. Also keep in mind that I will be posting all of the drawing details on my blog in the next few days. So be sure to stop by and enter to win. I'll be announcing the drawing winner of the Brave New Knits book and the skein of the Malabrigo sock yarn in the next upcoming episode. As always, the show notes for this podcast can be found on my blog at nevernotknitting.com. You can also find me on Ravelry as Never Not Knitting, and if you'd like to contact me, please email me at nevernotknitting at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening to episode 44. Please join me back December 1st for another great episode, Promotion and Drawing Giveaway. You can also look forward to hearing a brand new personal knitting story contributed by a knitwear designer. I'll see you then. She won't even do the dishes. The house plants, they're all dead. Yeah, her needles are a-clicking. From morning until she goes to bed. She won't take the time to brush her teeth Let's not even talk about her hair If it isn't about knitting She just doesn't really care She's never not knitting And it's making her husband mad Her husband mad Pop ramen again She just won't stop the stitching And the neighbors say it really is quite sad I don't know about her She used to be such a sweet girl But now she doesn't knit Nobody has clean laundry No pants No shirts No underwear But they have closets full of sweaters And more socks than they could ever wear. There's yarn in the fridge, in the cupboards, the bathtub and pantry. It's even in the washer and dryer. That's why she can't do any laundry. I need some clothes. She's never not knitting. It's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. I'm filing for divorce. She just won't stop her stitching. And the neighbors say it's really getting bad. She's taking pictures of socks again. 
boy or girl. The house is burning up in flames. Oh, 911. Her husband says, Get up, let's go. But she can't set down her project. She says, Just let me finish up this row. She's never not knitting. And it's making her husband mad. Her husband mad. She just won't stop her stitching. And, well, she's losing all she had.